Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we'll dive into some recent history when Wyoming has a Power 5 opponent on the schedule. Also, a whip around the Big 12 conference slate of games, and we'll get to what we want to see from the Red Raiders when they kick things off Saturday night next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On College for 20 bucks off your first purchase. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan, and boys. If you got long enough arms, pat yourself on the back. We have arrived. Welcome to September, a month that has a sound like boom, 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 boom. Oh man, you're going John John Facinda. That's the Raiders. The autumn winds blow through. Yeah, the whole, yeah. <laughs> and now the show can commence. Chris, we're a day away from football. We've even got some in the rear view uh, as we sit here today. We'll get to some of what's going down in the Big 12 that hasn't already happened. And of course, the Red Raiders and the Cowboys of Wyoming. Can't wait, man, and we'll kick it off with some of what Wyoming has done in some recent history against Power 5 competition. Been a little prickly. Also, as home underdogs, little prickly. A few things to look out for as we get set for game one. Well, happy Friday, people. Happy game day eve. How about that? Yeah, Let's we uh, we made it. Uh, the, the long national nightmare is over with. Uh, the offseason List season over with, talking season over with, all that good stuff. Podcast season will continue, though. I will tell you that. Our talking season continues. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. But now we get to talk about actual that's results right. and, uh, and 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 on-the-field stuff, uh, realignment stuff gone, NIL stuff gone, all that stuff. We can focus on some ball. Yeah, so obviously uh, a bit of a tricky game, I think, for Texas Tech uh, tomorrow night. I think we all kind of somewhat understand that. Uh, I think uh, the the folks in Vegas and and folks that set odds would suggest that this is going to be a, a, a bit of a tricky game. You are a double digit favorite. Don't think that surprises anybody, but this isn't expected to be some some blowout. Now, for context, um, I think that it, it was important to to note because I think I think uh, Wyoming has pointed to this a bit, and I think they should. But the last time they hosted a Power Five team to open up a season at home, which which that's what they're getting uh, tomorrow night, was back in 2019, not too long ago, and it was Missouri. Missouri jumped up to a 14 to nothing league, like Texas Tech could potentially do. Uh, and then you look up, and Wyoming goes into halftime, and it's 27 to 14 uh, with a halftime lead. I, I, I think statistically what, what's, what's fascinating is, is, is the following. 
Um, Wyoming only completed six passes in that game. Uh, Missouri had 537 total yards of offense, and yet, <laughs> and yet Wyoming wins 37 to 31. Classic Big 12 football, Missouri still rolling out from a decade and a half ago. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, it, it, it's but but the the key there is is that Missouri turned the ball over three times. Yeah. Wyoming zero. Okay. So th- so there's that for context. I think it's important to note. Uh, power five. Last time they 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 knocked off a, a power five team, it was at home to open up the season. You go to last year though, and they and again they went on the road. They they got an Illinois team in Champaign, and it was the exact opposite. Uh, you know, thirty eight six was the final there. Their quarterback, who who you will see tomorrow night, the Peasley kid, he was five of twenty. Uh, he had an interception. Uh, and Wyoming was the school that turned it over a couple times. Illinois didn't turn it over at all, but just two hundred and twelve yards of offense. Wyoming was one of 12 on third down, but you can kind of see what they're capable of, but you can also kind of see what they're capable of. So, you know, what, 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 what do we get here? But it's, this won't be new to them. I I think there's a lot of folks. I even saw somebody, a national writer with the athletic put the red Raiders on upset watch saying, this is one of the more intriguing games of the entire country, national TV, it's a Wyoming team that's knocked off knocked off a Power Five recently, and there's been a lot of chatter about Texas Tech. And so, you know, you're going to have a lot of eyeballs in this one and trying to purse what goes on here and and, and get a lot of big uh, big picture takes from it, even though it'll just be game one. But uh, we're almost there. Yeah, I totally get why it would be a, a trendy upset pick for a team that's had the balloon inflated all off season with hype going on the road. And a unique road trip, night game, to face a team with a veteran head coach and a a team that's obviously, to say it again, has been prickly uh, in some recent history. So hopefully none of that catching Joey McGuire and company off guard. And I think it's just fitting that a a team called the Cowboys will be led by someone called the Peasley Kid. Did he kill a man in Peasley? Or That's just an awesome nickname. I like that. Um, but Chris, I really feel like this team, given what they endured last year, as far as adversity, that would smack them in the face here or there, you know, big holes early on or at whatever point this team responded to adversity. And so not to suggest that maybe they won't be caught off guard in the first quarter, that an environment that could have some electricity within it, at least to the tune of 30,000, uh, volts of electricity. Is that a lot? That's still a lot, right? Um, anyway, 30,000 butts in the seats is what I'm talking about. I really feel like, you know, this team has proven some metal as far as the ability to respond if there's something that doesn't go their way here or there, which on the road, clearly, you know, things can can go poorly for a visitor in the first quarter, but it is a long game. Now, as you were just describing there with the Missouri example, was the other way around. And I think as a, a Wyoming night lingers on, if there's anything resembling a, a close margin, Obviously, it gets more and more dangerous for Texas Tech. That's always the way it is, clearly with the favorite, especially one uh, that you would think multiple score, two possession at least for Texas Tech here. Um, You you let that team continue to linger. We've seen it in our own house, right? I mean, we've seen that with some tight games that shouldn't have been tight, but you let them stay tight through, say, the third, and then all of a sudden in the fourth, it's just 11 on 11, and it's a a football game. But uh, certainly don't want to do that. On the road, so I hope we get back to maybe something we didn't see often enough last year, at least early on, 
that's that quick start we're looking for. You mentioned that, I think, on yesterday's show, uh, or maybe two days ago, really trying to get off to a good start in the first quarter. Take whatever environment out of the picture. Uh, we'll talk about dead ahead, some of the other opponents on a Big 12 member's schedule. We'll get to a handful of games within the conference as we kick off the season, and then we'll circle on back to Red Raider keys and things we are watching for in the first outing of 2023, all coming up on Locked On Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by Game Time. And buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be a stress-inducing experience, but if you've ever done it, you know it can be, especially last minute. But not with Game Time. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for sports, concerts, and much, much more. Not just fast, secure, and easy to use, but you're also going to find unbeatable deals on last-minute tickets. And with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing and start Pre-game and download the Game Time app today and rest easy with the Game Time guarantee, knowing you're always going to get the best prices and you can have them in a flash delivered straight to your phone. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time and just download the Game Time app today. Create an account and use the code Locked On College for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today for last-minute tickets and the lowest price. Guaranteed. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris. I'm Casey coming at you from west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down. Continues to go down tomorrow night out west from Laramie, Wyoming. And we're back to some keys for tech and the Cowboys coming up ahead. But first, wanted to make a pit stop within the Big 12, as we've got a few interesting ones for a variety of reasons, really, Chris, uh, within the conference. Of course, you're getting some snoozers, uh, obviously, also as you get this time of year. Uh, but I think probably, I, I don't know how much football it has to do with necessarily, but probably the most anticipated, at least for my money's worth, uh, in the Big 12 conference coming up this weekend is the one that's Kicking it off on Saturday morning. Got some games going down, obviously, with uh, UCF and then Kansas coming up later today. But Texas Christian Colorado, the debut of Deion Sanders and the national runners-up uh, are meeting at 11 a.m. on Saturday there in Fort Worth. The Frogs, number 17 in the preseason poll. Of course, Colorado just looking to back, looking to get back on any relevancy map that doesn't have to do with the celebrity of their head coach. But they are on that map, and this is going to be a relevant one. Do we have a big noon appearance by Fox? Are they getting the whole Fox game day treatment, I think, for this one? I think that's right. And, and I, I will say this. I've never seen more hype uh, out there for a game that I perceive to be a really bad game on paper than, than this one. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's amazing because, I mean, it is full red carpet. It is – I think I've heard – um, that there's more credentials that have been issued from a media standpoint uh, by TCU than any game they've ever had before in their history. I think that they've sold more tickets uh, for this game, more than ga any game in, in that particular stadium's history. I think that they are suggesting that 75% that uh, ish of TCU's total student body will be in attendance, which they're again a small private school. So, But, but I, I just... I don't think Colorado is going to be very good at all. Uh, I, I just don't. I think TCU is had to replace a ton. Uh, I think they've got a really good roster, though, and I just I feel like they'll be faster and, and more of a well-oiled machine. They got a new offensive coordinator in Kendall Browse and 
and all that. But I, I just I think this number is like a twenty to twenty one twenty and a half spread. right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I feel like TCU will kind of jump on them and and do some things. Uh, but if 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 this one's close. Uh, it, it'll be a huge win for for Colorado, and and I think the media will portray it as such, uh, even if they lose and it's semi competitive. Yeah, because I think there's a whole NIL deal with all Colorado's guys and sunglasses. They're all going to walk out there on the field with sunglasses on or something. Oh, the God. same brand. I know it. it oh, they it, still it, have their Twitter <laughs> handles on the back of their jerseys. This this game will not lack for for showmanship. That much I can tell you. Uh, okay, 20 and a half underdog there for the Buffs as they come out shaded, uh, I suppose. At least the sun will be up, so that'll make some sense, I guess. Uh, and there is just something delicious about a guy named Primetime kicking off his uh, major college football head coaching debut at 11 a.m. Then you've got, moving on down the list, the battle for anybody want to be good in Iowa. Iowa State, Northern Iowa. I don't remember if this is an Iowa school I'm supposed to be afraid of in March at NCAA a attorney time or also this time of year maybe both but chris you and i like the possibility of northern iowa upsetting the cyclones and there's not a line on this one that i see i don't even know if it'd be an upset but upsetting the cyclones possibly in week one i i think northern iowa may win this game uh <laughs> i don't know if i'm brave enough to actually pick that but i mean i think northern iowa may absolutely win they've got a veteran quarterback coming back i think um you know in iowa state is even when they have been really good or, or projected to be really good, they have been notoriously slow starters out of the gate. Uh, they, they figured out in, you know, that, that whole Brocktober with Brock Purdy. I mean, that's because they were so good in October, but it takes them a while to kind of get off the, uh, get out of the gate or whatever uh, to start the season. And now that you've got a bunch of playmakers that are out and missing because of the gambling issues. So I would just say, uh, be careful uh, there if I'm Iowa State. Uh, UT Rice, I don't know if that does much for you. Even John Kennedy's laughing at that one uh, up in the clouds. Uh, UTSA Houston I has think got this my attention. The best, maybe one of the sneakiest best games of the entire weekend. Um, okay. And most won't care. It's not nationally relevant. Um, it's a 6 o'clock kick, I think, so I won't get to see any of it. But on paper... Ooh, this is a doozy. And I don't know if you've seen uh, Houston's uniforms for this one. Uh, Dana Holgerson kind of popped off at his coach's show this week. He took some shots at UT and A&M. I think, quote, screw them, uh, I think was what he <laughs> dropped on there. I love it. That's what that's the Dana that I know. I love it. Unfiltered is the best uh, Dana Holgerson. But he mentioned something about, yeah, we're going to go with an old school look. Well, they debut it uh, a day or so ago and show everybody. These are basically – Houston Oiler colors with the Columbia blue, Columbia helmet. They've got the red and white stripes like Houston normally would. It just says Houston on the side, all that. I think they're they, they're freaking sweet. However, I think UTSA goes in there and gets a win. I think their quarterback is going to be better than Houston's quarterback, which is a former Red Raider and Donovan Smith. I think mm. Frank, Harris, Frank Harris is a bit better. But this is a two-point, I think, spread – yeah, Roadrunners and, minus two right now. And this was a doozy of a game last year in the Alamo Dome because um, Texas Tech played Houston right after that one, and I think it was an overtime affair there. But I expect a really good one. I just think UTSA just by a little bit. Uh, and, of course, West Virginia, Penn State, uh, other recognizable teams that will gather, but another 20-and-a-half uh, spread here, and this is in favor, of course, of 
the Nittany Lions, who are the seventh-ranked team in the country, as the Mountaineers go on the road to begin what could be uh, a challenging adventure. This is where Neil Brown should have looked at his administration. You know, I don't know at what point and going, what, what are you, what are we doing here, folks? Like, what, what are we doing? Because it's not just this one, but there's, there's right. several other tricky games on the non-con. And I'm all about playing competitive, but at some point, you're just not. This isn't you. You, you have no chance to succeed here. Penn State's a, I think, a seventh-ranked team in the country. Is yep. that am I, am I right there? Yeah, and and this is going to be. You're you're outmanned. Um, this this could be a, a bit lopsided here, and could potentially now if Neil in West Virginia if they keep it close a little bit, uh, maybe they can build off of it. But yeah, because sure. I, I, I think some people think Penn State's kind of an outside, you know, has an outside chance at the college football playoff and Big Ten champions and all those kinds of things. But yeah, I think uh, I think Penn State uh, could could be a, a lot to a little there. There you go. Let's get on back to the one that's got our attention in the Big 12. That is the good guys on the road from Laramie, Wyoming. We'll get to some keys and other things we're looking out for when it comes to Tech and the Cowboys Saturday night. That's next on Locked on Texas Tech. Thanks for making Locked on Texas Tech a part of your day, a part of your offseason, all offseason long, almost coming to a close. Technically, we called it uh, around this time last week because this has been a game week. So we're in game mode. <laughs> this is us actually re-exercising those game week muscles. Getting ready for Saturday night from Laramie, Wyoming. You got a nationally televised appearance here on CBS for Tech and the Cowboys. And Chris, a few things on our mind to get to before we're out of here today. As far as some keys or just simply things you want to see. Uh, from the Red Raiders as they open up year two under Coach McGuire. Yeah, you know, I, I think when you debut a season and, and these teams are always different, uh, I think it doesn't matter what level you're talking high school, college, or pro, there's always something different about a team compared to the year before. And 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 whether that's a, a position group or a, a player or or whatever. So let me, let me touch on kind of what I personally, and, and your list may be different, Cowan, but I think the first – the first guy that I really want to lay eyes on and like see him, you know, with unbridled uh, and, and turn loose. And I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get, uh, but I just want to watch him play ball because I think his name has been mentioned a lot in the offseason. And there's not going to be a ton of opportunities to rush the passer, but I'm, I'm excited to see Steve Linton. I want to see what this looks like. Uh, I think that you may see more of him and, and what he's capable of in the, in the run game and run playing, you know, stopping the run. But, you know, I don't know if they'll drop back and pass it 10 times, 15 times, 17 times. It won't be a ton. But that's that's maybe numero uno on my list. I, I'm excited to see if Gino Garcia gets any kind of meaningful opportunity to kick a field goal uh, at any point in the game because I think that it, it will be something that I will notice and, and we will highlight on, on Monday, make or miss, because I think this is an important part of this team. And I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what that looks like. I think the O-line, I think, as we've talked about as a group, uh, because I think that that is the interesting, most interesting matchup personally in this game is that D-line of Wyoming and that O-line uh, of Texas Tech, because in some ways it is, it is Wyoming's best position group or best unit. And I think that we, we've all agreed that it's Texas Tech's most improved uh, position group. I don't know if I would say it's your best. 
overall, but I think there's a lot to choose from, thankfully. But I think that matchup right there, it will be the game within the game that I think will tell you a lot because I think Craig Bowles said it. Our group up front has to get Tyler Shuck moving, move him off of his spot, make him uncomfortable because I know Texas Tech's going to drop back and throw it a ton. And then lastly, I'm really intrigued. This is kind of a fun one for me. I'm really intrigued what running back looks like other than Taj Brooks. I think we know what Taj will give you. He's going to run tough. He's going to hold on the football. He's going to pick up the blitz, all those things. But when it's somebody other than him in there, whether it be Cameron Valdez, Bryson Donnell, Nehemiah Martinez, Anquan Willis, whoever, and I think we expect the bulk of that to go to uh, Cameron Valdez, I'm, I'm excited to see that part. Uh, what does that look like? Because every name I just listed off, has next to no experience. Uh, I think yeah. they've all come in highly recruited. Uh, they're different at different, or better at different things, uh, and they're all really good at football. However, none of them have done it, and certainly at this level before. So I'm I'm intrigued uh, by that group, and I think it'll be led by Cameron Valdez. We know Taj is going to get the bulk of the carries and all that, but what does it look like when he's not in the game? So those, those that would be my list. Yeah, that that running back conversation's high on my list. Also, you're going to need your. Uh your program guide probably for those beyond number 28 uh, to kind of get familiar with Valdez and, and some of those others there that, that Chris mentions. Obviously, the offensive line to me is, is far and away the, the number one point of interest, Chris. Um, you're going to go as far as your trench work is going to take you on either side of the ball. Feel really good about how salty you can be, hopefully again on the defensive side, but uh, really hoping to see what has been discussed but not seen yet come to fruition, and that is dramatic offensive line improvement. Uh, I don't remember an offseason really like this with an O-line where you've had so many faces that you had a year ago, but they're in new places. And mm -hmm. obviously you've got a new addition in, in Rusty Stats, but you are talking about a, a lot of guys that have seen meaningful football for Texas Tech. Cole Spencer didn't get to see it, but like you pointed out this week, um, he's not a new face necessarily in the sense that he was a part of the program. He knows what the MO is for Zach Kittley and Stephen Hamby. And company. So it's really been kind of bizarre. I don't know how it's going to work out yet, but there's some silver linings to the thought of, hey, we got to move some guys around. But at the same time, you're moving guys around who have seen a lot of football for you. And in some cases, guys that were really impactful for you in a good way, guys like Dennis Wilburn. There are things that, you know, you were last year, um, good and bad. And I want to see the good. Now, listen closely continue i want to see the bad change for the better and that has to do with what i'm talking about right there specifically with the offensive line and the defensive front number one sacks by was texas tech last year in the big 12 conference dead last sacks against was texas tech last year in the big 12 conference with guys like linton miles cole replacing some of what you had there up front and one of those really big shoe really big pair of shoes to replace obviously in tyree wilson can you keep being impactful uh, when it comes to getting to the quarterback? And then offensively, can you improve at all from being where you were, which was nightmare territory as far as pressure on your quarterback? And clearly that led to the number of quarterbacks uh, that we saw used at some point. And I would say as well, team-wide, this is another thing that developed last year, and this was something that was good, and I want to see continue in the same direction. Chris, we had an identity that was mostly pretty clean. I think Texas Tech was number four in the Big 12 Conference whenever it came to fewest penalties committed. And, man, that was a sight for sore Red Raider eyes because we've had season on season on season where that was a huge problem and the talent level's never been good enough to get over that. 
Was that a one-off a season ago, or is that something that can be sustained? And especially in a game like this, season opener, you should be a two-score probably favorite or two-possession kind of favorite. Can you play a clean game? I don't want to see a penalty column filled up, man. I'd love to see that continue. Yeah, you know, and, and there's always uh, the the thought. I think I think there there's certain penalties that you're I don't want to say okay with, but you can tolerate a bit more sure. than, than some of the pre-snap stuff, the, the those kinds of discipline type things. But if it's an effort penalty and you, you get a, a holding call or or you, you you hit somebody a bit late, you you can live with some of that as painful as it may be, just because it's effort. Well, this is what we want. We we've we, we've we've talked all off season guys play really hard and. If, if they get caught a bit playing too hard at times, I think you're okay with that. But you're right. It's just discipline and being smart. The other aspect of this game, and I don't we, we may not see much of it at all, or you could major in it. I don't I don't really know. It just depends on how the game goes, but it's the contrast and the fourth down deal. I I I would guess that Wyoming has been a team that hasn't played, you know, many of these new analytical type teams that are just gonna Go that cool for you on third down. That that's great that you held us to to three yards. We just got four more to go. But you, you see that punter over there? He's really good. But he's he's going to stay over there. He still got uh, his ball cap on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, sexiest punter in the country. That's matter. right, Steve. Um, yeah, that, that's right. Like last year, you went for it on fourth down fifty-five times. Wyoming went for it <laughs> seven. They converted an NCAA worst. An NCAA worst, two of those seven. <laughs> so you couldn't have opposite in. I mean, this is very much new school thinking versus very much old school thinking. I mean, field position, control the clock, run the ball, stop the run on defense, be really good on special teams, low low penalty team, and that's what Wyoming is going to be. It's kind of boring if, if you're not, you know, whereas – Texas Tech is going to foot on the gas, and I know there was all those players doing Joey McGuire impressions that I saw in the last day or so, and and and, and almost every one of them was like, "I want to go fast," and that's <laughs> that's Joey's thought. You know, that's what they'll do, and they'll push that uh, tempo. And if if they get a fourth down early in the game, and it it you know is, is one of those they feel like is within their uh, go range, then then look out, and I'll be I'll just be interested to see how Wyoming kind of handles that part of it because I will not be surprised now. Uh, I think I was a bit last year as we went along, and then you kind of grow. Okay, well, this is what they do, but not not now. You kind of almost expect it. Yeah, no kidding. It will be noticeable if it wasn't uh, a part of it. I would think to some That's extent. Right. Yep. All right, Chris, uh, looking forward to seeing how the dust settles. We'll be back on the other side of the weekend for a Labor Day episode. Don't be skipping out on us now, thinking we're sleeping in or just kicking back on Labor Day. We'll be here to break down for better or worse what happens from Laramie, Wyoming. Chris, enjoy the scene. We'll hear you on the radio call once again there from the sidelines, and uh, looking forward to visiting with you when you're back. In the 806, man, thanks for the time throughout the offseason. Yeah, I've enjoyed uh, the last nine months with you, but it'll be fun to kind of talk some some games and and, and results and, and all those things and how, how some of these guys we've talked about, how they'll play and uh, or don't play. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I hope everybody enjoys the weekend, man, wherever you're watching this, whenever you're taking it in. hope you enjoy it. National TV on, on CBS. But, yeah, we'll be, uh, I'll be with Brian and John on the radio call. Uh, so looking forward to that. And hopefully the altitude doesn't, doesn't get me, but uh, we'll be back uh, to break it all down. So looking forward to it, man. Juice? 
<laughs> I, uh, I I'm gonna I, I don't have to you know play. So I'm we've had that it. question in the YouTube comments. What I, I will try it. drinking <laughs> if if I am in um, if I'm in a position <laughs> to partake and at least give it a shot. Uh, on this trip, uh, I, I will just so I can report back how nasty it tastes. I will, uh, I will partake. Here's what we what we don't want, Chris, is a scan of the Texas Tech sideline, national television on CBS, and here's Chris white as a sheet, passed out on a bench somewhere. We don't want that. So if you, maybe just a sip, maybe just a pinch, a little dab, will do you. It's right, like make- uh, it's like George Costanza with that uh, that piece of mango. Uh, you know, and the you know, remember? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, hey, th- things are happening. Yeah, right, right there. So you never know how, how beet juice may uh, may may do me, but we'll uh, we shall see. But I'll, I'll give it a shot. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts, so you don't miss the first in season episode of Locked On Texas Tech of 2023. And maybe check out a Beat Juice YouTube show or something out there. There's got to be a podcast. There's one for everything. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you on the other side of game one on Locked On Texas Tech.